Dear listener, you are amazing. But if I were to take a look at your resume, I might not be able to tell that. You might seem like nothing special. At least, this is true of most of the product manager resumes I see. Let me help you fix that. In this episode, I'm here to help amazing people sound amazing in their resumes. What's the point of sounding amazing? Well, your resume is your sales letter. And your goal with a sales letter, of course, is to get the reader to take action, to click the link, metaphorically speaking. In the case of a resume, it's often to call and set up an appointment or for the recruiter to call and set up an appointment. Anyway, it's a sales letter, and so it has to make people want to click. What are the characteristics of a sales letter that makes people want to click? It agitates, meaning it talks about the person's problem and how they are suffering and how you solve their suffering. It's easy to take action on. It's clear what the differentiators are. If you have testimonials, they are there. How do you get testimonials into a resume? I have a suggestion for this. You can't really put your LinkedIn recommendations into the resume, but hopefully you do have some LinkedIn recommendations. And if the person thinks you're interesting, they might go to your LinkedIn link and look at your recommendations. That's the goal. This is Nels Davis, and this is episode 146 of the Secrets of Product Management podcast. This episode is sponsored by me. There are three great ways to work with me. If you like this content, consider joining my newsletter. Every week I have actionable tips, advice, and links on how to improve your product management skills, have more impact, and accelerate your career. You can join at secretsofpm.com slash cheat sheet and get my customer story cheat sheet and template just as a bonus for signing up for the newsletter. I have an online course, How to Ace the Behavioral Interview. It's available at secretsofpm.com masterclass. In that course, I tell you exactly how to polish the stories of your best accomplishments to use in job interviews and in your resume. And later on in this episode, I give you the approach to using those stories in your resume. And in the course, I give you the exact tools, templates, and questions I use when working with clients one-on-one to accelerate their job search. And I can also work with you one-on-one or with your team, whether you are after that next or first job, or you need to amplify your impact in your current job or your team's impact. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or at nils at nilsdavis.com, which is my direct email. All all of those links will be in the show notes page at secretsofpm.com slash 146, as well as a bunch of links to other related podcasts and content I have about resumes and finding jobs and telling your own story. Getting a new job is a lot like taking your product to market. You have to get the attention of your ideal customer slash hiring manager. You have to show how you solve their problem, and you have to demonstrate differentiators why they should buy slash hire you instead of one of your competitors. The first part of the sales process, of course, is your resume. It's like your sales page. And just like a boring sales page, a boring resume is not going to get the attention or the interest of the hiring manager. So the solution is what I kind of jokingly call the perfect product manager resume. Unfortunately, resumes are a very constrained format and a lot of creativity is frowned on, but there are ways to make your resume stand out and for you to create differentiation, interest, and even desire on the part of the hiring manager simply with your resume. So one way to think about getting a job is that it's going to market for yourself. In fact, that was the title of episode 64 of this podcast, which I recommend listening back to. So your resume, again, is your sales page. So it needs to not only represent you effectively in that very particular way that all resumes have. It's got this format. You want it to be a single page or maybe two pages. 
It also needs to sell you. It can't just represent you. It needs to sell you without seeming to, because selling yourself is considered a little bit uncouth in the resume. So you have to be subtle about it. And there is a way to do it. And most people's resumes do not do it. And I've seen a lot of them and they all fail. Because when I talk to the people with these resumes, I hear amazing stories of amazing things they accomplished, outcomes they drove, and obstacles they overcame. And those don't show up on the resume, or if they show up, they're presented in a boring and mundane way. So I'm really afraid that there are a lot of amazing product managers out there with non-amazing resumes, and they're getting passed over because they don't shine as they should. So let's take a step back for a moment and talk about sales letters and how a resume is like a sales letter. Sales letters have several functions. They need to position the product. They need to say what the product does. They need to show that the product works. They need to show why this product is the prospect's best choice out of all of their alternatives. They need to pre-handle the prospect's objections about the product. They need to give the prospect an easy way to buy. And they need to keep the prospect reading from the beginning to the end. So how do these ideas apply to resumes? Well, a resume needs to position you, say, as an enterprise software product manager. It needs to say what you do. For example, drove multiple enterprise software product releases over six years, or whatever it might be. It should allude to some differentiators. And I have a specific recommendation of how to do that. It's in the summary section where I put in a, I recommend putting in a sentence along the lines of, I have a reputation for, and then you fill in what you have a reputation for. Most importantly, it needs to show that you have an impact, like drove 10% or $20 million in sales by doing something, right? Taking an action. Now, the impact is shown in your resume's bullet points, which are tiny summaries of your biggest successes, the ones that you'll share and talk about in, in the interview. And that's the minimum, but your resume can also pre-handle some objections, like, for example, saying that you implemented Scrum twice with particular results, or that you have a certificate in machine learning from Coursera. You'd use that second one if you were applying for a job as an AI product manager, but you didn't have otherwise AI experience. You might say, that, oh, I've got a, I've got a certificate in, in machine learning. It's not always necessary, but it's a bonus if your differentiators are significant, if they apply to the job. In other words, I might not put in that I was a SQL expert if I was looking for an AI job, because SQL doesn't have that much to do with AI, but a certificate in machine learning might have some relationship. All of this is simply to keep you from being round filed, to keep the person reading your resume long enough to say, oh, this person seems interesting enough to try to give an interview. Okay, so it's easy to say all this. How do you actually do it? Well, there's three main ways you can improve your resume. The first is a better summary section. Most are actually not that good. And I can show you how to make your summary section pique the interest of the hiring manager. I have to say, none of this is guaranteed. I'm just giving you a way that will be better potentially than what you're currently using. The second way you can improve your resume is to have better bullet points. Each really should have a full story behind it, or at least a lot of them should. The bullet points are for hinting at how amazing you are. And you are amazing, of course, but you have to learn the right format to express that for your amazingness to pop out in the bullet points. And in the skills section, it's kind of some minor things you can do, but it's still easy to do it wrong. I see a lot of skills sections that I think either should just go away completely or be highly revised. So the first part, again, is the summary. And this is where you say clearly, what you do, 
what you've done, and your key differentiator. And remember that a differentiator is often in context. So for one particular job posting, you might want to mention one type of differentiator. For a different job posting, you might mention something else. The summary is three or four sentences. It's at the top of the resume. And it's something along the lines of, here's an example, senior enterprise software product manager in Silicon Valley, responsible for multiple multi-million dollar launches of new products from concept to release, reputation for taking on intractable problems and delivering great solutions. So that was what I am, enterprise software product manager, what I do, I've had multiple releases, and what I'm known for. You want it to be brief, and you want it to be meaningful, and you want it to align with what the hiring manager is looking for. Now for the last bit, the reputation for part, you have to be very honest. It should be something that if the hiring manager asked your colleagues about, they'd say, yes, definitely, that's totally one of the things we'd say about that person. Now, I hope you have a reputation for multiple things. If so, you can use different ones for different versions of your resume. So intractable problems might be one. Managing diverse teams might be another. You know, whatever your strengths might be. And as again, we probably have multiple strengths and a reputation for achieving multiple things. So most of the rest of the resume is taken up with your experience. And the experience section has three main purposes from a sales letter kind of thinking perspective. It should show that you had an impact. It should show that you have differentiating experience and skills. And it should do a little bit of pre-handling of objections. So mostly, you want to show the amazing things you accomplished, the things you did that had an impact. Ideally, many of those will be differentiating as well, and some might even help with objections. What you don't want in this section is, as Jason Knight said in his recent post on LinkedIn, you don't want a reverse chronological list of roles with a few bullet points that anyone doing those roles would probably have been legitimately able to say they did. In other words, don't put your job description into the bullet points. This is very, very common on resumes, and it doesn't do anybody any good. So let's talk about these amazing things that you've accomplished. To show that you have impact, you have to have good stories. It's not enough for a product manager to say, I ran weekly customer discovery sessions. You have to say what kind of impact those discovery sessions had. So what makes a good story? Well, a good story consists of, and I've talked about this in multiple podcast episodes, and I'll put some links in the show notes. A good story is about a problem we're solving. Typically, there's a difficult and challenging path to the solution. And then there's a meaningful transformation when the solution is realized. And typically for product managers, the solution is creating a product or a feature or a capability. And the meaningful transformation is either the results for the company, for your company, in terms of having this product in the market, or it might be the meaningful transformation that the customers experience as a result, which presumably also leads to a transformation or at least meaningful change for the company. So how does that translate into product management stories? Well, the problems we're solving are the bad situations that your customers and or colleagues were facing. Problems which were costing money, causing pain, if they weren't solved, would cause even bigger problems like people losing their jobs or the company going out of business or your customer being fired. The difficult and challenging solution, of course, is what you did or the effort you led or the vision you created and drove into reality to address this problem. Because it was a problem we're solving, it might have been a twisty and difficult route to get to a solution, but you made it. You can't put all of that into a single bullet point, of course, but you 
can put a little tiny bit of it. Now, as a, and as the result, the customer or your colleagues or both had a transformation. Again, this might be the business as well. Instead of the terrible thing happening, good things started happening. Instead of people losing their jobs, people got promotions. Instead of sales declining, sales started growing massively. Now, I give a lot more insight into how to come up with these stories in episode 64 of the podcast, which you can find at secretsofpm.com slash 64. The transformation part in your stories will include business impact, like increased sales or better retention. And I encourage you to use those results. One hint, if you are using numerical results, don't just use percentages or amounts on their own. I suggest always mentioning both the percentage impact and the total amount impact, like sales improved by 20% or more than $2 million directly attributable to this new capability. And the reason is that 20% might be meaningful if the current run rate is more than a couple million dollars, or it might not be very meaningful if the current run rate is $1,000 a year and you got it up to 200. That's not that big of an impact. So it's good to have both metrics there. But it turns out, despite the fact that you may have these business results, for persuasion purposes, and remember that your resume is performing as a sales letter, which means it's doing persuasion, transformations with personal impact are much more engaging, such as the sales leader I worked with was promoted as a result, just as an example. So I'm talking about stories, but you need bullet points for the resume. You can't put a whole story into a bullet point. You really can't. It's too small. Instead, you're really using tiny summaries of the stories as your bullet points, and there's a relatively simple formula for that. Now, it will require wordsmithing on your part. You have to first come up with the story. You have to articulate the story well, and then you have to do some wordsmithing to come up with a tiny little summary version of it. And typically, the summary is going to be along the lines of the following. So if the story is problem, solution, transformation, the bullet point is going to be based on the transformation by solution, meaning I achieved this transformation or I drove this transformation or this transformation occurred because I did this thing. That is the results I delivered and how I did it, basically. Obviously, in a bullet point, you can't list out all the transformations or all the steps you took. In fact, you should write your bullet point in such a way that the person reading your resume says to themselves, wow, that sounds amazing. I'd like to hear more about that. You obviously can't put the whole story in there, but you want to make the bullet point so compelling that they want to hear the rest of the story. So let's move on briefly to the skills section. I often recommend people leave the skills section off the resume for product managers. The exception to this is when you have, as I mentioned earlier, a differentiating skill that's important for the job or that will help the hiring manager overcome resistance to hiring you. So the skills section is really less about selling you on terms of your capabilities, but overcoming objections that somebody might have about you. The reality is that putting that you know Microsoft Excel and PowerPoint onto your skill section is never interesting, and it's just a waste of space. It's possible that putting something like experience using NoSQL databases would be interesting right now. That is potentially something that could differentiate you a little bit or handle an objection if the company uses NoSQL databases or non something like that. More importantly, if you are applying for a job that you don't have direct experience for, you can use the skills section to talk about any legitimate uh, skills or training or something like that that you have that applies. For example, if you're going for an AI-related job and you have no AI experience, 
but you do have a certificate in one of the AI platforms or from a machine learning course, you would definitely want to include that in your skills section. It might not work because there's going to be other product managers who do have that experience, but it might help the hiring manager be willing to bring you in for a conversation. So summarizing, here are the three main takeaways. You are amazing and your resume should reflect that. And if your resume doesn't make you look amazing, it needs work. Your resume is really performing in the role of a sales letter. It has to say what you do, why you are worth talking to, and the impact you can make. And ideally, it has some differentiators and some objection handling. And as with most things product management, storytelling, this time about your own amazing accomplishments, is a fundamental component of making your resume into an effective sales letter. And here's one more little idea. I mentioned that the resume has to stick in this particular format. You can't be too creative. But I did think of one potential thing that might be doable on a resume, and that is to put a clickable link. Remember, sales letters are all about getting that click. Well, we, you can do that on your resume. You can put a clickable link if somebody's looking at your resume on a screen in a PDF and there's a link there, they could click on it. You might want to put a link to a portfolio or to a video sales letter or intro letter about you onto your resume. Now, there's a couple things that you have to think about here. One is it has to be really, really good to not just be super annoying and make the person say, I hate this, I hate you, right? They don't want, you don't want the result of them looking at your sales letter to say, oh, this person is annoying. I don't want to talk to them. So it has to be very good. But also, you can't expect them to start by clicking that. You need to have convinced them that you are interesting enough and have the right experience and you're going to make it, you potentially can make an impact for them to be willing to click that. I would recommend putting the link at the bottom. For that reason, you want them to actually get to the end of the resume if, before they click the link so they're a little bit familiar with you. And of course, it had better be good or it'll just be annoying. So those are my recommendations for working on your resume. I have some other podcast episodes about the resume, including the Perfect Product Manager resume, which I'll link to in the show notes, which are at secretsofpm.com slash 146. Or you can, again, find the episode on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to work with me again, just as a reminder, come join my newsletter. Again, secretsofpm.com slash cheat sheet. That's a quick way to do it, and you get my storytelling formula, which works for customer success stories, the cheat sheet that I provide in that link. But it also, it's the same format that works for your own personal stories. And of course, I do have my course on telling your own personal stories. That's at secretsofpm.com slash masterclass. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider rating it on whatever your podcast player or system is of choice or leaving a review. Certainly share it with your product manager colleagues if you think they'd find it valuable. And you can always reach out to me and tell me what you thought as well. I love to hear the feedback on the episodes. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you found it valuable. If you're looking for a job or maybe you can help out the colleague who's looking for a job. Until next time, this is Nels Davis. Bye-bye.